are continuing on in our series, Signs of the Times. We thank Jason. He gave a great message yeah, last week. Yeah, thank you, Jason Brewer. Yeah. Speaking in the pulpit here. And like I said, we're continuing in this series, Signs of the Times. And it's been our hope, it's been our prayer that through this series, the sharing of these messages, that it does awaken your heart to the hope of Jesus coming back, his second coming, and uh, really the reality of the kingdom of yes. God. And I want to start out with this uh, verse right off the bat, Matthew 24, 14. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, he said here in this gospel, and we've been tell asking you uh, to read Matthew 24, Matthew 25, Mark 13, Luke 21, mm -hmm. those chapters are all parallel chapters about the end times where Jesus speaks specifically about signs of the times and, and his second coming. So this is in Matthew 24, 14. It says this in the gospel, this is Jesus speaking. He says, in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. And so he calls it the gospel of the kingdom, he says, that will be preached throughout the world. And the word gospel, you know, we've heard this. If you've been in church for any number of years, you've heard this word gospel over and over and over again. Have you ever stopped to think, what does that word gospel mean? The word gospel simply means good news. Amen. It's like a gospel means it's a message of good news, okay? And so most of the time, though, we think about the gospel message is a message of good news about our salvation, and it is the forgiveness of our sins. We think about it in terms of the cross and what Jesus did for us and how, again, our sins are forgiven and the new life that we have in Christ. And all these things are true and wonderful and important, and our salvation is a miracle. Uh, and we really do need the help of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to even understand everything that we've been given in our inheritance in Christ. And it will take us a lifetime here on the earth to do that. <laughs> but with, this is the, the thing, though. We, we exercise our faith for promises in our salvation and the inheritance that we've been given. Uh, but we have to be careful not to confine this, the understanding of salvation and the, and the fullness of the gospel message and just limit it to salvation, walking out our salvation here in the earth. Uh, because sometimes we do that. We can do that. I, I think we can do that as believers. We put so much focus on your best life now, so to speak, and I understand the meaning of that. We want to inherit and partake of our salvation, but we can lose sight of the ages to come after this life. There are ages to come. We will live, you are a spirit being, you will live somewhere for eternity. And God's actually using this life. He's using every part of your life, all of our circumstances, all of our opportunities or lack of opportunities in our family situation and the way we grew up and the people that we know and uh, just the hardships that we have, the highs and the lows. He's using it all as an opportunity to give us a chance to respond from our heart to who he is. It's like the song we sang, the fling wide, yes. the door to our heart, to be loved by him, to love him back through everything in this life. And so the gospel of this kingdom, of the kingdom is a message that just tells a much bigger storyline because this life is preparing us for the next life. And so the gospel message includes the gospel of salvation. 
but it also includes the storyline that continues out into eternity. And so when Jesus said there in Matthew 24, this gospel of the kingdom was going to be preached throughout the whole world, it isn't just about, it is about making disciples. I just want to be sure I, I speak this in the right heart. It is, and that's absolutely important, and we should be doing that. But we should remember that in the midst of that, not everything, this life isn't all that there is. And that our life stretches out beyond into eternity, and Jesus is coming back. He's going to put down all lawlessness. He's going to come back as a, a bridegroom for a bride who's ready to meet him. That's the church. He's going yes. to come back as king, and he's going to come back as judge on the earth. And he's going to reign on the earth. Do you think about that? This physical earth, what we see now. See, we are people now who walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, when we are born again, his spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us, and the kingdom of God is within you. But the day is coming when our faith will become sight, and Jesus is coming back, and he is going to rule on this earth. <laughs> and he's preparing people now with servant hearts so that we can be overcomers because he's asking us, like we're going to see today, that we will have opportunity to actually rule and reign with him on this earth. Right. He's going to set everything right. Lawlessness will be put down. There'll be peace. There'll be true justice. There'll be true righteousness. And so now is our opportunity as we read the word of God. It is not only about receiving the promise of our salvation now here in this life, but he's grooming us to be faithful servants so that we could rule and reign. We could be overcomers and rule and reign with him in the kingdom that he's setting up to come. And I think about... He taught, he taught a lot about the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. Even in the Lord's Prayer, he said right. to pray to the Father, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. And yes, that applies for on earth. Now we want to receive our, yes. uh, uh, the glimpses, the promises of our inheritance now, but he literally means, let your will be done here. It will be done on earth. It will it be done heaven. on earth. Yeah. Yes. Praise God for that. When we talk about the full gospel, a lot of times we have these, these preconceived ideas. And, and the full gospel, we think, of course, you know, repentance unto to salvation, the forgiveness of our sins. But then we go on to being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and speaking with other tongues. We, we go on and think about healing. We think about we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so old things pass away. All things become new. But we, we seem to at, uh, stop at these things because we, we're really wanting to exercise our faith for these things and apply those in the here and now. And what we skip over is the ages to come. The full gospel has to do with the kingdom coming. It has to do with the kingdom of God and you and I being partakers of that kingdom, prioritizing our lives here on this earth as though we are going in that place. Yeah. Not just, like Pastor Mamie says, your best life now. Well, you're not going to have your best life now. Mark it down. It's impossible to have your best life now. Your life can be improved, let's, let's put it that way. And but our best life not, uh, coming is, is when we have glorified bodies where there's no aches and pains, 
Yes. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Paul, when he was at the end of his visit at, at Ephesus, he, he tells the people in Ephesus that uh, uh, he held nothing back from this. This is in Acts chapter 20. You can just mark it down as a uh, reference. But he says he, he didn't hold anything back from you. He proclaimed the full gospel about repentance toward God and the forgiveness of sins and faith into Jesus Christ and preaching the kingdom. Preaching the kingdom. Now, uh, we're going to do a, a little bit more investigating on the, the millennial reign of Christ. And this, I'm really excited about it to tell you the truth. But Paul goes on to say, this is the full counsel of God. The full counsel of God includes the kingdom, the coming kingdom of God himself. In these parables that we are asking you to read, uh, Jesus is telling stories. He, these, he's talking about his coming and the kingdom coming. Where it is going to be a perfect society, it's going to be a kingdom society. Jesus Christ will be the king. It will not be a democracy. We think that the kingdom is a democracy. You have a vote, I have a vote. No, he's king. Do you understand when the king says something, it's law. Yeah. And his subjects agree with it. And that's, that's why we sang that song, is to fling wide so that we get the understanding of this. Because this is how we're going to live in yeah. this society. Like Pastor yeah, Mamie said, it's going to be righteous. The kingdom, every atmosphere, every area of that life, Jesus Christ will be king. The government, he will be king. Remember Anybody been here at Christmas time? We sing, say that Isaiah's, the government shall rest upon his yeah. shoulders and he, there will be no end. Yeah. That talks about a, that's Jesus Christ being king. There's a government coming of perfect love, perfect justice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is right. There will be purity of heart and unification of loving God and loving one another. And there's going to be magnificent beauty that we've never discovered. But in these parables, Jesus gives us glimpses of the eternal kingdom and how it will be set up and how it will operate. It talks about eternal rewards that we can achieve now by following Christ and and it talks about assignments. It talks about ruling and reigning with Christ. And, and those who, not everybody's going to rule and reign. It's those who Jesus counts as faithful to rule and reign. And this is what Pastor Mamie and I are wanting to get across to you now, that it's better to find out these things now than too late. Yeah. So that you can, like Chris was saying, God wants to change you. And why? So you can be blessed. He wants you to rule and reign with him. This is his whole heartbeat, is that you and I will rule and reign with him on a regenerated earth. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> but these parables also talk about loss of rewards. 
and even loss of salvation. So these are things that we need to pay attention to, don't you think? See, our biggest challenge is because we live on this planet and all we have known is the things of the natural. And this is why it's, you must be born again. You have to be born of His Spirit. And when you're born of His Spirit, the spirit realm opens up to you. And then you can see what reality is. It's, anybody see the Matrix movie? Yeah, it's like we're living in the Matrix right now. <laughs> but, you know, we get considered, we, we really are zeroed in, and God wants us to be blessed here in this life. He came to give us abundant life. And so we exercise our faith to obtain these blessings that come with our salvation. But just like Pastor Mamie says, the gospel story, the, the kingdom, goes on beyond what we see here and now. It is important for us to get a glimpse of this. And once we get a glimpse of this, you need to ask God, please give me more. I want to see more. I want to experience more. And he'll point you to the word. He'll point you to a place where you can be fed like a local church that is a Bible-believing church. But listen, God wants to reward you. He really does. This earth is not our home. We're citizens of heaven. And he wants us not to store up treasures on earth, but he will reveal to you and to me how we can store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't corrode. And these eternal rewards are eternal. They're just that. Your bank account never runs out. <laughs> but you've got to put something in that bank account here and now. Can I get an amen? Yeah, amen. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Randy Alcorn who wrote The Treasure Principle mm -hmm. some years ago, and he talked about living. The Christians, you know, we should not live for the dot, but live for the line. Yes. And so, like, our present life in the earth is like the dot. You know, it begins, it ends, mm -hmm. it's brief. But because you're a spirit being, your life will go on forever. Amen. Whatever happens in the earth, the day you breathe your last breath, you will still, in the spirit, go on and live forever and of course our prayer is that we go on and live an eternal life with with the lord yes but so, but what we do now in this life affects all of eternity this is what these parables teach us yes this is why it's so important that we pay attention to what jesus talks about the kingdom the gospel of the kingdom that something is going to go on forever yes. after this life and we want to respond from our heart and invest our life in the things that will last forever and it's not a mystery the parable is written in story form you do have to pause and think about it like what are, this is what the disciples often did Jesus what did you mean by that mm -hmm. parable and then very often he would describe what he meant by it but it's but we cannot right now I mean, we put this on the PowerPoint this this little statement right now we are living in the dot so to speak, but we should not live, we don't live for the dot. We don't put all our eggs in this basket Come like, on. oh my gosh, this life has to be perfect or it's over. No, it's like we said, it's not going to be perfect. God's going to be moving in your heart to see things from an eternity viewpoint. Yes. But we're supposed to live for the line that extends out into eternity. And if we do that, we'll be wise, just like the five wise virgins. We don't want to be short-sighted like the foolish virgins. And just live for the dot. The, the, 
one of the points in that parable was right. that, you know, they thought more about making just this life what it was. They just let their relationship with Christ drift and had no oil in their lamp. I mean, we talked about the parable of the talents. It's in uh, Matthew 25, two weeks ago in that message. And uh, Jesus actually tells his disciples in Matthew 25, two parables. Right. And he does it in the context of speaking about the end of days because Matthew 24 they asked him, what are the signs of your coming? And he starts to tell them the birth pains and the signs of his coming. And then if you keep, there was no division when this was written. With Matthew 25, verse 1, he says, then, like in that day, the kingdom of heaven will be like. And he goes on to describe the parable of the, of the ten virgins and the parable of the talents. Right. And, you know, he, he's only a couple of days before he goes to the cross. And so you can imagine what would be on his heart. He's wanting to tell the disciples, you know, he's, he's going to tell them what's important to his heart. Right. Right? So he, he takes time to teach them about the kingdom. Hallelujah. He's getting them ready. He, you know why? Because he's about ready to leave. And he wants them to be steady. Yeah. It's steady because all of them are going to end up in prison. And the majority of them are going to be martyred. He wants them to be steady. He wants them to understand they're going to have setbacks. They're going to be betrayed. They're going to have hardships. He wants them to sign up for the bigger picture. The big picture. Not just for the works of power, which happened in the book of Acts. Amen. Glorious stuff happened. You know, they did, that was when the great revival started to happen in Acts chapter 2. There were moments of great power in the book of Acts, but we only read about, you know, if they would write down every day that happened, it would be pretty mundane. It would become pretty routine because they're going to face hardships. They're going to face betrayal. They're going to face hours of prayer. <laughs> And they know, Jesus knows that their faith is going to be sorely tried and tested. Amen? Mm -hmm. So these parables are going to help them get the bigger picture. It's going to motivate them to stay faithful. For sure it will. In Matthew 24, it, they ask him, the disciples say, what will be the sign of your coming and when the end of the age will be? And so he tells them, he, he explains to them what the message is going to be, what it's going to look like, and how it's going to come together. You, like Pastor Mamie says, you've got to read 24 and 25. It's just one continuous teaching here. And he, again, the two parables he teaches to the apostles, and these are so that they get the bigger picture. Amen? Yeah, yeah. To get a picture and a feel for the kingdom. The kingdom that will be without end. Yeah. And what's at stake? Because there are many things at stake. The decisions you and I make now, like Pastor Mamie says, will determine what you do forever. Yeah. And that's why it will be worth for you and I to what we would consider now sacrifice 
But it's really, when you view it, it's not a sacrifice. Because you're just marking blessing upon blessing upon blessing, and those blessings will be forever. Yeah, right. So the Matthew 25, again, I encourage you to be reading these chapters. It begins with a parable of the ten virgins, yeah. and, and it says, like, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. And he mm -hmm. describes himself, he says, it's like a bridegroom who's coming back for a bride. And, of course, we know by looking at the parable that Jesus is the bridegroom in mm -hmm. the parable. And he's coming back for a bride who has had her heart prepared and ready for his return. She's looking for his return. And so the five wise virgins in that parable lived with that in mind, lived with that in the back of their mind, you know, through all the days of their life. I mean, the main point in that parable is that their relationship with Christ, and like, like you're saying, like it's, it's through the routine of life. It even says in that parable, they all fell asleep. Right. And it's just kind of a reflection of, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> life can go on to be a long time and like you said it can become routine mm -hmm. it's like is this ever going to change and but he's telling us in that parable to keep oil in your lamp yes. no matter how routine how many setbacks disappointments joy sorrows in your life keep your relationship oil in your lamp burning put me first keep my keep your relationship with me as your vital necessity yes. is what he's saying and so the, but the foolish virgins, they really lost the whole point of the journey in the earth. And it's so easy for us to do the same thing. We can just get, you know, running, running on the treadmill. We just, you know, you you grow up, you go to college, you get your job, you, you know, you get promoted. You just, these are all things we really have to do in life. But the point is we need to keep the perspective Amen. of what my true life assignment is is to know the Lord and love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and not let, like what happened to the five foolish virgins, they let that relationship slip. They all started out as believers. But they, why does our relationship slip and drift? It's so easy. Life is just busy. <laughs> There's distractions in life. Come on. There's offenses, like Pastor Ben was saying, that come. And this, you know, they grind on our heart, and they make us forget about loving him and seeing his forgiveness in us. We just think about my trouble, my life. We get our priorities mixed up. Yes. Our motivations for what we're doing get all skewed. And then consequently, there was no oil in their lamp. And when the bridegroom came, it said the door was shut to them. That's a scary thought. The kingdom of heaven was shut to them. That's, I'll tell you what, when I read that, I just go, oh, no, that will never be me. Amen. Can I hear an amen? You have to tell yourself. You have to respond from your heart. And this is part of this song that we sang, to fling wide, like, do whatever you need to do in me, Lord, but mm -hmm. I'm staying close to you. Refine me. Prove me. Test me. Yes. But I want gold. I want my faith to rise up and trust you through all of it. Amen. And to keep my relationship strong, you know, it, it, to the end. You know, Jesus tells them the, then the second parable about the talents. It, it's... It says that the kingdom of God will be like a man, which is Jesus, who takes a long journey. And then what does he do? He calls his servants to himself. And he, this is important for you to understand. He delivers to them his goods. Whose goods are they? It's his goods. And it goes on to say, 
that he owns these slaves. So he owns these people and he delivers his goods. This is really important to understand. So these people represent believers. Okay? And then to, he gives to one five, he gives to another two, and to another one. And those, that represents, you know, abilities or lack of abilities, let's face it. Opportunities that people have or the few opportunities that people have. But it was important that they all received something that they were to invest that was just how they understood it. They were going to invest what was given to them, and they knew that there was going to be a day of reckoning. They were to multiply what the gifts that they were given and multiply it back for the glory of their master. Yeah. Amen? Mm -hmm. It was simple. The It was very simple. You know, it doesn't say it here, the person who received the two talents got jealous of the one who had five, and they were just, well, I guess it doesn't matter. It just is, you know, if I only get two, they get five, you know. And just like I was thinking about, socialism is not in God's vocabulary here. <laughs> just look at it. <laughs> we'll get off of that. <laughs> but if you know, but if you do that, if you compare, and we will see what looks like this is unfair. Right. They had so much opportunity. Look how I grew up. Look at the family that I had. It does look unfair, doesn't it? And like you said, to God, this is there is not a socialistic. It's not democratic. It's His decision. Right. But the, the fatal flaw in the thinking of the one who got one talent, who probably compared himself and yes. looked and said. Mine's nothing compared to what they have. You know, he judged it as being small and he buried it. It was like, this, is, this doesn't even have any value. I'll just do nothing with it. And he judged his master. Oh, man. He, in, in the whole picture wrong. He said, you're a harsh and a hard man. You know, and I thought, did he, did he think that his master just demanded too much of him? Like, I was only given this much and you want me to be faithful with just this much? It's Ooh. like... We go through some strange mindsets on our own, I think. Maybe he was afraid. It said, I was afraid, and he buried it. Maybe he was just afraid to fail. Maybe he was afraid because he had such a small amount. If I step out and use it, people call me stupid. Like, what are you doing? You don't have anything. There's just a lot mm. of things we could trick ourselves in our mind and say, it's not worth it. I'll just sit and watch what the people with the big oh, yeah, have. Yeah. I think we've all done the Comparison is and from so, the enemy. Yeah. I mean, it, we make a huge mistake when we compare over and over again. I mean, the point is to be faithful with what you've been given yes. and to value it, to say thank you to God. I mean, I, I think Hello. that's one of our biggest things because we look around and we are taught entitlement. We are taught big in America, especially. If it's not big, it's not very good. And it has no value. But to the Lord, mm. you know, he says, if I gave you a, one talent, if you're just... If you feel just very insignificant, you could still actually, in the end, this, is, this was part of it. The people that were given five and two, yes, the reward. It was been, exactly the same. If you read, go back and read that in Matthew 25. He says the same thing to the person given five 
talents. Here, is, do we have this on the outline? Yeah, we do. Or, yeah. Or, or, we don't have an outline I think, anymore. Yeah, well, we do. <laughs> Matthew Look at what it says here. It says, this is after they presented their gifts. We doubled it. I doubled it. So the one and with here, five went to ten? Yeah. Yep, and here's what, here's what it says. Again, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of your master. Both of them got the same reward. Both of them got the same reward. It, it really points to the picture of the kingdom that is coming to this earth. It's, it's the kingdom society. It's life with the future assignments if we are faithful here and now. This worth being faithful here and now, amen? You don't want to suffer loss. Because that's eternal. You, you have an opportunity, even if you have one talent, you have an opportunity. We get so squirreled up, even in the church. You know... If, if it's not big, it's not worth it. If it's not big, then you're doing something wrong. Uh, the, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are going to be some moms. Come on. There are going to be some moms who are shocked. You know, moms, I, I want to point this out. You have a, such an important assignment in the kingdom. Raising godly children is yes. not an easy task. Can I hear an amen? I was <laughs> Mr. Mom for a while. That was just... I mean, some with one, two, three, four, five. I don't. Life gets busy, <laughs> and it's hard to raise godly children. And moms, I think they're the, the great picture sometimes of just that routine of life. They get up. Yeah, yeah. You know, the kids get up. They work, 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 drive, drive their kids around, clean, 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 cook, 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 right? <laughs> and the kids are asking constantly, Mom, where's this? Mom, will you do that for me? Mom, fix my boo-boo. Mom, why this? Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, you know, my clothes are dirty. <laughs> hurry Just up faster, hurry faster. Hurry up faster, faster. <laughs> you know, drive me here. Yeah. And then hubby comes home, and he's tired or moody, and is, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like the same routine, like cooking the food, going to bed, get up and do the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. How many of you moms know what I'm talking about? Is it? <laughs> yes. And, you know, year after year, you can do this, and sure, you know, moms, you say, well, I do it, I love my family, but, you know, and we're motivated to be godly mothers, or we need to be motivated to be godly mothers, and when we do it unto the Lord, this is the key, we need to be doing all of the routines of life as unto the Lord. Amen. Because he's the one watching, he's the one who will reward all the little things that you did in love for him and and i think you know she loves her children but in her heart you know a, a, a mom a godly mom would say i want my children to be discipled to know you i want them to know you and she, you're making a disciple in your home is what you're doing when you're raising godly children you're serving jesus faithfully with an attitude of a servant don't get off into thinking so, that when I get my kids raised, then I'll get really get into ministry. Yeah, because I think some moms are going to be shocked because they're so used to just being out of the limelight, 
used to being not noticed, maybe feeling unappreciated in their home, mm -hmm. and losing out often on a lot of activities. Like, oh, I can't go there. I wish I could do that. I have kids. I'm raising them. I have to just, you know, stay home with them. They're going to be shocked when the Lord may look at them in the end face to face and say, you know, rulership over 10 cities. <laughs> be like, what? You know? <laughs> I didn't even think you noticed what I was doing because sometimes in our mind we feel like it's not even, like, yeah. what? What was so special about that? And you say, I noticed every diaper that you changed, that you patiently changed, mm -hmm. you know, when it wasn't easy. Every prayer that you whispered, you know, in the night, maybe through tears. You know, I, I saw every act of kindness whenever you felt like, oh, I don't feel like doing this again. Every act of kindness and compassion that you showed in your home. Every cup of cold water, Jesus there said, you go. that you give to a little one in my name, you won't lose your reward. Every and song the, you e sang. Yeah, every little song that you might have yeah. just sang as you put your child to sleep, wanting them to know who Jesus was. Yeah. He sees it all. And, you know, we might think, well, I didn't think it would count because this, these are just people in my house. I wasn't out doing ministry. Mm. Do you get, <laughs> are you getting this? You understanding this? See, the first assignment, and this was drilled into us at our Bible college, the, your first assignment of ministry, your first assignment of ministry is in your house. Yeah. Number one is God. Number two is your marriage. Number three is your kids. Number four is then ministry. Yeah. And husbands, you don't have any escape of this. You're going to be required of the same. It's not, oh, well, she's doing it. No. <laughs> you know what? Oh, honey, will you get, I'm tired. I worked so hard. I worked so hard. Like she was saying, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> No. Oh, you go change that diaper. Guess what? You just lost an eternal reward. I'll go do the dishes. Oh, that's an You know, if you think of it this way, you start to think of this. You know what? If I do this with the right heart and I'm doing this out of kindness and serving my wife and serving my kids, I'm serving somebody else. Eternal reward, eternal reward, eternal yeah. reward, eternal reward. If it's just a cup of cold water and you're getting an re eternal reward, he says if you're praying, you get an eternal reward. Understand the priority. Understand God does not overlook the little things. Yeah. Amen. He does not overlook the little things that we do in love to serve him, yes. to, to love our family, to show kindness and concern and encouragement to friends, to yes. people, to share your faith with somebody. You know, he remembers it, and he puts it in a book, Malachi 3.16. This is I cool. I love this scripture. He records, like every conversation, he's a good record keeper in that. <laughs> <laughs> Malachi 3.16, then those who feared look at this. and loved the Lord spoke often of him to each other. Now, how often do you ever do that in your home, maybe, or with other people? If you love the Lord, I mean, I, I know we have just <laughs> a lot of conversations around the things of God. It said, then those who feared and loved the Lord spoke often to him to each other. And he had a book of remembrance drawn up this in which awesome. he recorded the names 
of those who feared him and loved to think about him. That's an awesome thought. All that's recorded. They're thinking about me. They're talking about me. They're showing their love for me. You know, they're, they're in relationship with mm-hmm. me. These values are relationship mm-hmm. and the acts of love and kindness that we do for him. These are the things that will go on into eternity. Yes. It doesn't have to be seen by right. the public. You could do all these things in secret. Yes. But the Lord is recording it. And fearing the Lord doesn't mean, literally mean that we're afraid of him. I mean, it actually does have some aspect of that truth That's to it. That's correct. Because of his almightiness, his majesty, his perfection, his holiness, his splendor, his awe. I mean, I think that's why the seraphim all around the throne even cover their eyes. It's like holy, holy, holy that he's, he's so, truly that word, awesome. And so in that sense, we would fear him because we are so not like that <laughs> to come into his presence. And yet to fear the Lord then is to understand that perfect beauty that he invites us to share with him. That's correct. And so we honor him. We respect him for that. We give him the glory back due to him. Yes. And as a church, we pray for this so often in our prayer meetings as a church, that you and I and in our homes, we would cultivate more of the fear of the Lord to understand this, to understand He's in the atmosphere. He's in our homes. Yes. And we're, he's, he's the Lord of our homes, or we should make him the Lord and pray together to make him the Lord of our homes. Because it says the fear of the Lord leads to life and is a fountain of yes. life. And so if you go, well, I don't even know what it all means, it sounds like praying for the fear of the Lord, can, it, maybe it sounds scary. But actually it says it's a, it'll lead to be a fountain of life. And so this is why this song that we sang this morning. We want to sing it we again. We want to sing it again as we close out the service. Because the words to it are powerful and it, it creates a powerful prayer for us. That I would fling wide the door mm. to my heart. That God would have his way. That he would show me what's important in this life. And what's not important. Right. That I would cling to him in this life, through all the ups and downs and the trials, that I would take on his identity. You know, so many times we go through things in life or, or, you know, we mention like your best life now. And I understand the meaning of that. But we can get really disappointed sometimes if things don't turn out to be exactly in the timing and the way that we thought it would unfold. And then we could turn back from the Lord. We could be like the man with the the one talent and bury it because we just get offended it's like it's not working out the way i thought lord but we have to trust his leadership yes he's a good god he's a good shepherd he's the savior of your soul he's your bridegroom he's the lover of your soul and if some of this just even sounds strange it's like i don't know well this is why this song we can sing it as a prayer because as you begin to make these statements to the Lord the Holy Spirit will come and begin to do this work in your heart because we want to be ready for his second coming we want to be like a bride who has oil in her lamp amen yes and singing a song like this is what's going to bring the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do that in our heart and so let's just stand we're going to close out the service 
sing this song. And, I, and again, I encourage you to sing it as a prayer from your heart. deepest part of your heart, sing this out, and God will be pleased and do a work in you.
Bible declares that the end of the age is coming. And now, just like we've discovered, now is the time to receive the rewards. Now is the time. When, when that door closes, it'll be too late. And Jesus right now is offering everybody and anybody salvation, the forgiveness of your sins, to be a part of his family, to be welcomed into his kingdom. But what you've got to do is recognize that you, you have sinned against God. You've, you've recognized that you've rebelled against God. And you did it your own way. If you yield your heart to him, Jesus is willing to forgive you of all your misdeeds. Everything. Completely wash you free. And you'll be saved. He'll write your name in the Lamb's book of life. And as we continue to walk with him, he will be able to present you holy and blameless before the Father. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus and you're ready to, to walk in this incredible blessing to be child, uh, called a child of God, to have your sins forgiven, washed away, the Bible declares your sins will be thrown into the sea of forgetfulness and God will remember them no more. If you want to give your life to this wonderful Savior, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so that I can see it. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? Today's the day of salvation. We don't know if we have tomorrow. I don't know if I have tomorrow. But I know that I am eternally secure because of what Jesus Christ has done for my life. Anyone else? I want us all to pray this prayer out loud. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I recognize I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. I'm undone. I need a Savior. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me. I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you. I want you to be king of my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to serve you from this day forward, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.